Hey guys, it's Courtney here, and this isn't going to be my first podcast. I'm excited, I'm a little nervous, I don't know if I'm going to be good, because, you know, I'm not always the best at talking, but I wanted to try this out. So, I thought, you know, with everything going on, I would talk about Black Lives Matters and white privilege, because, and I want to talk about it from a white perspective, because it's not our job to speak for black people it's our jobs to speak up for them and to help educate and explain to others when they are being racist or prejudiced or whatever so um like for me for example and i um i'll get into that later but um so i grew up in a small town in Kentucky, most of you guys know, and I would say that it's predominantly white. We don't have a lot of minority people or black people, and, um, like, when the school that I went to, for example, I graduated with 375 people, roundabouts, and, like, you could probably count on your hand the amount of, um, people of color that we had. And that tells you something. And so, um, you know, I didn't have my first African-American teacher until I was in my senior year of high school, which is crazy. Um, you know, I'd always gotten taught history by white teachers and, um, you know, which is okay, but... When you grow up in a predominantly white school, you don't really talk about African-American history, and you don't talk about white privilege, and you don't talk about, you don't talk about those things because people aren't comfortable talking about them. Because, you know, no one wants to be on the the wrong side of things. No one, like, is just, well, some people are, but most people aren't just blatantly, you know, racist, you know, trying to be prejudiced towards anyone or oppress anyone. And when you speak out that people, you know, just not being okay with it isn't enough. Like, you have to speak out for it. Speak out when you see it happen, whatever. And, um, I, you know, I'm honestly, I'm very ashamed of myself because I, you know, as a white person, you live in comfortability and you don't have to listen about listen to things about racial inequality because we don't face it in America. White people do not face that in America. And I'm ashamed of myself for it taking all this to finally, like, use my voice and speak out. Because I've always been, you know, I've heard family, like, say, you know, prejudiced and racist things, and I've spoke out to them, but I didn't, I never took the time to really educate myself and so like I'd find myself you know trying to have a discussion with them and they were just you know they would say ignorant things because they weren't educated themselves and I didn't know how to come back at it and then I had you know the what would you say the I don't know I just was able to you know not have to think about it every second of every day so I'd push it back and just leave it alone you know I would get annoyed if I heard somebody saying anything And so, I just, 
I don't, I just didn't educate myself enough. And, you know, a part of that is when the first time I heard about white privilege, I was in college. And the only reason I heard about it was because I had a social work class. Because I changed my major like three times and I decided I wanted to try social work. And in social work, we talk about these things. Because as a social worker, you are supposed to um, speak up for injustices and advocate for your clients. And we talked about, you know, black issues. And I'm so, so thankful that I took this pathway and took these classes in school. Because if not, I would not have known many things that I do now. And, like, about the social inequalities. Because if you hear about this... From people who don't know anything, they just say that everybody has the same um, chances as everybody else, and that's not true. We grow, we live in a society with racism and oppression and prejudice, and white people are the majority. And white people, we have, you know, white supremacist like government, and things have been put into place that hardly anything has changed. And, um, yeah. And so, I hear people all the time saying things like, white privilege doesn't exist, blah, 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 it's racist to say that. And, first off, let me say, when someone is uneducated, I get why they say the things that they do. And I get why they say, educated on, uneducated on these matters. I'm not going to say uneducated, I don't, like, about everything, but on these matters, I understand why they say that thing, and they, their first defense, their first, like, it's a defense mechanism to be defensive over someone telling you that you are the oppressor, you're not standing up for them, that you, whatever you said sounded racist, and that you have white privilege. I understand why somebody would want to be defensive about it. It doesn't give you an excuse to never learn about these things and not listen when a person of color tells you about what you've done that has made them feel this way. We should listen to everybody. And, you know, anytime someone tells you that um, something is that you said hurt their feelings, you know, we learn that we should say sorry to them. Like, what is the difference with someone telling you that what you said sounded racist or prejudiced? Like, what is the difference? Why do people have to be like, oh... They all make everything about race, and they all this, and I'm, I mean, that's, it makes sense why everything does seem to be about race for them, and not for white people, because we don't have to think about it all the time, they do, they grow up, you know, people of color grow up, and their parents tell them, you have to be this way around police officers, and, um, or they could kill you, or you have to, you know, be respectful and like just so many other things they're always they're taught this from an early age so it makes sense it makes sense and you know to the people who say white privilege doesn't exist it really does it really does and people need to just you know learn about it and I can give you some examples of what that shows that white privilege is a thing and so I would say that the my definition of white privilege is um, a society that has made it like a place where white people are more likely to succeed 
and have better chances at succeeding than people of color. And, um, and things that show this is, like, one, we see so many more people of color being racially profiled than white people. And we, you know, you see that if you have two job applications that are the exact same, and people, and one of them has a white-sounding name and one of them doesn't, the one that has the white-sounding name gets more calls backs than the other person. No matter the fact, like, pay no attention to the fact that both of their, um, you know, applications are the exact same qualifications, but a name can make them get the callback based on their race. And, um, people... I heard a girl talking about how she put Caucasian on her applications and she got more callbacks than if she was to put, than any time before when she would put, like, when she would put black as her, um, ethnicity. And, um, also, I think something else that shows us that we have white privilege is when we hear about a white person getting shot by a cop, our first thought is, well, he did something wrong. And that's because we do not fear the police like a person of color does. We don't have to. We have the luxury not to. And so we have the luxury of trusting our government because we haven't been, you know, I guess shown otherwise based on our race. But as I'm starting to see today, I really don't know if I can trust our government. And, you know, seeing what they do, I don't want a racist government. I don't want a government that does bad things and then doesn't get in trouble for it. What is the difference? People say that the people who um, broke into Breonna Taylor's house shouldn't get in trouble for killing an innocent person because they were doing their job. And I'm like, what is the difference of someone who was to, you know, she did get killed in the crossfire. But what is the difference of a regular person who hits somebody while they're driving on accident and kills them and they still get manslaughter, but somebody who is just doing their job should just get a pat on the wrist? No, I don't agree with that. I don't think just because you are a police officer that you should get a pat on the wrist. You took a job that to uphold the law. How are you upholding the law when you get surpassed by the laws and you police officers get um they just get so many passes and the average person doesn't. You could work at McDonald's and spit in someone's food, cuss at a customer, and you are fired. But a police officer who, you know, people can't justify the fact of him getting fired for killing an innocent person just because that was his job. They got the wrong house. (laughs) I just, I don't know how to explain it any other way. And, um, also, I... heard a story and a lot of people have heard the story too about um I think it was in Buffalo New York where 
a elderly person walked up to, I think it was, like, a row of 57, like, police officers, you know, and I don't know what he was saying to him. I don't know if he was mouthing off, if he was just handing them something. I don't know what happened, but apparently they shoved him down to the ground, and he had blood coming out of his ears. That's force. That's a lot of force, and when another police officer from his line comes up and tries to help the old man, the guy who pushed him pulls him off and tells him not to help him. And they all just stand there and just let him bleed and walk past him. And so, you know, the the police officers, the one that tried to help him and the one that shoved him down, got suspended. And the whole police force resigned. The whole entire police force. If that doesn't show you what police officers will do to protect one another, even if they're in the wrong, then I don't know what will. And what it shows us is that people in power abuse their power. And I can't really speak on whether or not people do it just out of race issue, because I, out of, like, race stuff, why they kill people, and they're more brutal, I don't know. I just, one thing I do know is that people who are in power abuse power. I mean, you see that in the Stanford prison experiment, and people act how people treat them. So if someone treats somebody like they're a criminal, people are more likely to act like a criminal if they've been treated like a criminal all their lives. And people say, well, you know, this stuff wouldn't happen if um, black people would, you know, be respectful when they get pulled over and, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you don't, if you're a white person, you can't have a say on it. You can't, because you do not know what they are taught, and you do not understand their frustration when it comes to police officers, and when they're getting pulled over, and they don't know why, and they're asking them to see whatever they have, and it's not lawful, you can't tell someone how to act, and you can't tell them to just, you know, fall in line and just do what you're supposed to do when it's not legal, what they're doing. They got pulled over for nothing, basically just for the color of their skin, because they got racially profiled. I don't know, guys. I just, I think a big issue when you talk about, too, is people who aren't saying anything about this right now. And I think that's, it's very frustrating to me, because I know I get people being scared. I get it. I was very scared to, like, say something on TikTok, and even though it wasn't, like, a big deal, I was really scared to use my voice, and I didn't know if I would get hate from it, you know, if I said something wrong about the black community, if they would, you know, but, you know, I would rather them educate me than someone, like, than a white person educate me on what I had to say, but I was very scared, and I get being scared, but I think, you know, there comes a time where enough is enough, and a murder of a man with someone's a police officer's knee on someone's neck for eight minutes when he was no longer fighting. You know, he was, you know, telling him he couldn't breathe. He was no longer a threat. And people, and he still stayed on his neck. Like, you cannot see that and not want to speak out for it. I don't understand how you can just passively just let that go. And just, you know, with everything going on... It's all over social media. Black Lives Matter. Everything is all over social media. And some people are still just not saying a word. 
And I'm like, how? And I know they're not doing anything else. They're just acting like it's not even happening. And I just, I don't understand it. And I think, you know, as a white person, it is my job to speak out against racism and system oppression over people of color because I don't have to deal with it on a daily basis and you know white ancestors are the ones that put these things in place and I don't know and I don't and by saying that I don't mean I don't want to speak for them but we also have to be beside them we have to come together for this to change we have to you know, I see so many, like, <sighs> white people who just, like, want to defend other white people, and they just don't get it, and they're just not getting it, and I just don't understand. I get saying something, like, that you don't know sounds prejudiced, and, you know, I get, we all say stuff wrong. I get saying stuff like that, but when you, like, come out and say the n-word and you call people just racial slurs how do you have so much hate in your body like I know I grew up with a family that had like some of the same like you know racist thoughts and prejudices we all have our own biases but I never ever got to the point where I saw a black person do something I didn't like and I just wanted to call them the n-word never never in my life I never had so much like hatred towards anybody and I just I I don't get it and I just want to and I feel sorry for people who feel that way and who just who just can't listen and I think that's the problem because racism is learned definitely and it just goes to show how many people are taught this And I'm thinking today, more people in my generation, and I'm very proud, people speak up for it. A lot of white people speak up for what's going on. A lot of people still, I mean, everybody has their biases. Everybody does. But the thing with that is, is you, you know, you listen to your own biases, you recognize them, and you change them. You nip them in the butt. It's the only way we can get, we can work together. And, um, you know, I just hope... I really hope things change. I really hope things change. And I know I would like to do better and do more things. And I would like to go and protest. I would love to do that. But I'm honestly, with quarantine going on and Corona's still out there, I don't know if I should. And if this is still going on, and I hope people are still, like, you know, fighting for their rights by the time this is over, I really want to go out there. And I really want to be a part of it. Because I don't want to just be an ally who's just, you know, doing the bare minimum. It's not what I want. I want, you know, to do change, to help change happen. And I don't know. And I think, you know, start small, work your way up. Yes, you don't, you know, you don't know everything. Educate yourself first. You know, listen to other people when they speak and educate your stuff on matters so you can speak up for racist people. You can speak up to them and let them know what they said was racist. And, you know, put people in their place. You don't have to do it with hate. You can do it with love. Just educate people. Because I hear all the time black people are so exhausted. 
from having to feel like they have to educate every white person they come in contact with. It shouldn't have to be their job. We should be educated enough. Are we going to say wrong things? Sure. But when it's every second of like every day, all like every day of their life, they have to feel like they have to educate us. It's not their job. It's, you know, we grew up in a system that has failed teaching us about, you know, um, diversity, really. And I don't know. I think also one of the problems is, is like, I feel like in school, predominantly white, predominantly white schools, we learn about race or racism and slavery. And we're like, yeah, that's wrong. We know that's wrong. But and then people are like, but things are better today. And then if you're white, you can just, you can keep that in your mindset and just like go on with your day, not have to think about it and think things are fine when in all reality they're not. And I'm so, you know, this movement, I'm glad it's happened because, you know, people are fighting for what they deserve. And, um, you know, I'm glad that it has made me want to be a bigger and better ally for people of color. Sometimes it takes something big for people to really, like, see it and, you know, want to be a part of it. And I challenge my other, like, white friends or and white people to want to do the same things. And I guess that's all on my spiel today. You know, thank you for listening. If you didn't like it, that's okay. If you liked it, that's cool too. Let me know. You know, there's something I said was wrong. Please educate me. And, um... Have a good day.